Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving men and women across industries and lifestyles who are about at the midpoint of their careers and are no longer satisfied with letting their lives happen to them. Together, we're going to purposefully create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, getting clarity on how we're creating our experience of our lives, how we are conspiring to keep ourselves stuck, identifying and articulating what it is that we really want for the second half of our lives, and identifying a plan to achieve it. We have listeners who are executives, administrators, educators, authors, entrepreneurs, and business owners, attorneys, physicians, human resource professionals, healthcare workers, and truck drivers. Many of you are also parents, and that is by no means an exhaustive list. And a good many of our listeners are men. So if you've been listening since the beginning, you're going to notice a little pivot in my language and my intro, because the things that we have talked about on the show so far, they're universal. We are all having a human experience. When I launched the show, I knew the focus would shift as I created additional content and thought more about these topics. And I've heard from some of you too. You really enjoy actionable content, things like small wins, focused work and purposeful rest, even soaking in the good, which I thought was going to be perhaps a little niche and maybe woo. Today, I'd like to bring a little more clarity to the idea of making change in our lives. When I initially thought about what I wanted to do with this podcast, I wanted the change that I spoke about to encompass both changes such as changing careers, changing the way that you live your life, and changing the way that you see the world. But what I don't want to do is inadvertently suggest that the solution to the problem is in changing your external world. In reality, the change that I want to help you create first and foremost is within you. Might this lead to external changes? Sure. And if it does, great. Good on you for getting clear about what you want and making the change. And for some of you, external change may come first. You may dive headfirst into radical change. We have a listener who was a career nurse who has since pivoted and now drives a truck in the second half of her professional life. Sometimes we need to make these big changes, and we want to work on internal changes at the same time. And sometimes, even many times, the change that we're going through isn't one of our own making. I'm sure many of you have seen there have been lots of layoffs lately. Some of you have lost partners to death or breakup, or life may have abruptly taken you down a path that you never expected. Ultimately, I want this podcast to be big enough to talk about all of those different kinds of changes. But for many of you, and for me too, just beginning to think purposefully about the second half of your life is the change. Certainly the first change. Planning for it, believing that it's within my control. If we're happy or discontent, if we're itching for some kind of change, often we begin to look around our lives to think about what we need to change. Our job, our career, our spouse, where we live, how we live. 
it's got to be one or more of those things that's making us unhappy, right? The truth is, though, that we take ourselves wherever we go. And whether we do the work before or after making a big change, we're going to have to do the work if we want the experience of our lives to change. Changing the externals will not change what's inside of us. Although some experiences in our lives are just going to be easier to tell good stories about. So have you ever been in an argument with your spouse or maybe your teenager when all of a sudden they say something in the argument that they've said before, like in a previous argument, but it doesn't fit in this conversation and you wonder where in the world did that come from? Similarly, and I think I've actually used this illustration on the podcast previously, uh, but it was impactful for me, so I'm going to use it again. I was sitting at my desk in the office one day early on, and I was frustrated about something. I don't even remember what, but I had the thought, I am just not a good fit here. And it was like I heard myself thinking the thought, I'm just not a good fit here. And immediately, I knew the thought didn't fit. It was something that I had thought a lot in my previous job, and it had truly just popped into my head in this situation, likely because I was frustrated, maybe in the same emotional space. But I had that thought, even though it didn't fit anymore. And that was well before I started doing any of this coaching work. So it was a little jarring, and I was very aware of it because it was a thought that didn't fit, and it happened in my own head, and I thought it was totally bizarre. Unless we're doing it purposefully, we don't really listen in on the chatter in our own heads. And I share both of these examples, the argument where someone throws something up um, from other arguments, and the example of what I thought to myself at my desk to illustrate simply that we take ourselves wherever we go next. Thoughts come up, things arise that really have nothing to do with what we're doing in the moment, but they seem like they fit, and so we throw them in there. And both of those examples, your spouse saying something that was a total non sequitur in an argument, or your own brain offering you something from another context. These are examples that when we change our context, we take our thoughts and our feelings that they create with us. The fortunate thing about both of these examples is that once you become aware of them, they're somewhat easy to dismiss because you can tell that they don't fit the context. Now, we know that if we change our context, if we change our job, if we change our spouse, that we aren't going to be magically happy. But when we think about the reasons for our unhappiness or our discontent, we say things like, I just can't do this job anymore. My husband doesn't treat me well. We think, surely it's this job, this boss, this place, this person. We place the reason for our dissatisfaction completely outside of ourselves. And this isn't about blaming you for your unhappiness or your discontent. This is about recognizing that you can change jobs. But if your story doesn't change, you will feel the same way, show up in the same way, and create the same results. And I bet if you took a minute and looked back, you could see times in your life where the characters or the setting changed, but ultimately the story stayed the same. On episode 15, on episode 15, we talked about a tool that you can use to see how you're creating your life. 
In that episode, we talked about um, two different individuals looking at their bank account and seeing that it had $25,000 in it. It may have been $20,000. Now it's $25,000. One person sees the $25K balance and they think that is so much money and they feel abundant and secure and thankful. The other person sees that 25K balance and they think it's not enough and they feel anxious and tight and scarce. In both cases, the facts are the same. The bank balance is 25K. But the person's experience of that bank balance is entirely different based on what they think about it. Their thoughts, that's so much money or it's not enough. It's creating their experience. So that's two different people with the same amount of money. But let's look at this a different way. Let's look at the second person, the person with the 25K who is looking at it and who is thinking it's not enough. What if their bank balance was 50K? What do they think then? I imagine that you can see how some individuals would still have the thought, it's not enough. That thought it's not enough, might actually have very little to do with the actual bank balance and more to do with a deeply entrenched story that someone's telling themselves about not having enough. And that's a pretty objective example. Money works that way, so it's great for these kinds of illustrations. But what about a situation that's far more subjective? I mentioned to you in previous episodes that I often have the thought, I need more sleep or I haven't gotten enough sleep. And I've observed my thinking about this enough now that I know that I'm going to have the thought I haven't gotten enough sleep, regardless of the amount of sleep I've actually gotten. The facts of the time that I spent sleeping are not creating that thought. It's a story I'm telling myself about the amount of sleep I'm getting. So looking first to yourself for ways that you may wish to actually change your thinking allows you to see more clearly what the facts of the situation are and tease those out from the story that you're telling about it so that you might make a decision really with better information. And this is important. It's not about forcing yourself to stay in a situation that you don't want to. You don't have to stay in the same place with the same facts and just come up with a different story to make yourself happy. But it can be empowering to know that you could. And it's also possible that working on your thinking about a situation will open up the opportunity for you to stay where you are, to recognize that this is where you want to be. This doesn't actually mean that any of the things that you're thinking about your situation today are bad or wrong, but they may not be serving you and you may not want to hold on to them as tightly as you are right now. And if you do decide to make a change, just becoming aware of your thinking, you know that I'm a fan of awareness, just becoming aware of your thinking also helps so that you don't bring your stuff along from your current situation to your next one. Okay, so what? Maybe you're willing to do some of this inner work that I'm talking about, to take a look at your own thinking about your situation and see what it's creating for you. So what do you do now? First, I want to note that this has been a quick and dirty episode on change as an inside job. 
Changing the way that you think about your current circumstances, however, is often not a quick and dirty task, not a one and done. It takes work and a deliberate practice and spending some time with it. I'm going to give you some steps to follow here, but if you'd like some help with this, a second set of eyes to help you really see how you're thinking, schedule a discovery call with me and let's talk this through. I'll give you a way to contact me in the outro. So let's talk about those steps you can follow. Number one, you want to identify the situation or circumstances that you want to change. Maybe it's the town where you live, your career, your spouse. Those are the examples we've talked about so far. Step two, you want to do a thought download. And you'll remember from previous episodes or conversations, this is basically just a stream of consciousness writing down all of the thoughts, all of the various wide banal, ragey, whatever they are, all your thoughts about that situation, getting them all out on paper, not censoring them or judging them. And from that list, identify a few, maybe three at the most, that really hold a lot of potency for you, the real crux of what the problem is. And then you're going to use the tool that we talked about in our last episode to examine those thoughts and see what they're creating for you. And the fifth step, and this is crucial, is you're really going to give it some time to sink in. Once you've spent some time with it, you can begin considering how you might shake those thoughts free. So let's walk through a quick example. My client wanted to leave his medical practice, and the details have been changed to protect the innocent. But he felt a lot of urgency about it, frustration with himself for not making the decision to leave the practice, finding himself a way out. Here's an excerpt from his thought download. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to live like this. I can't take the stress. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. So we did a model around the thought, I can't take the stress. So we took a look first at the bare facts of the situation. The facts of the situation or the circumstances, as we refer to it in the model, are that he is the head of a medical practice with three other physicians. And the thought that he was having, the one that he pulled from that thought download because it had the most potency to him, it was, I can't take the stress. The facts of the situation, the circumstances, as we'd refer to them in the model, are that he's the head of a medical practice with three other physicians. And the thought that he's take, that he's thinking, and this is a thought from the thought download when he looked at it to see which one kind of grabbed at him the most, was I can't take the stress. This thought, when he purposefully thought it, created a feeling, an emotion for him of paralyzed. And so we looked next at what he does when he feels paralyzed. So he comes home in the evening. He worries what's going to happen about in the practice the next day. Is there going to be an incident? Has he planned ahead appropriately with staffing and otherwise? He sits in indecision about leaving. He spins mentally on the idea of change, what he could do instead that would utilize his skills and education. He finds evidence for all of the ways he's not managing the stress. He notices that he's eating foods he really doesn't think are good for him, but he's eating them blindly, not paying any attention. He notices aches and pains. He's aware of his heart racing. He says he's going to figure it out. 
learn to manage his stress better. But every day is the same. He projects into the future. He sees himself in the same situation, trapped and doing the same thing. He doesn't actually take next steps. He doesn't come up with a plan to move forward. And he judges himself for being more stressed than his colleagues. What this is creating for him is that he is taking in the stress until that is all he sees. And not only that, but he's adding judgment to it. And we'll talk about judgment maybe even in next week's episode, but judging ourselves really takes these thought models that we've created and just pours rubber cement right all over them. It makes them very difficult to shake loose. So the thing about looking at a model like this, it seems pretty obvious to us. He thinks, I can't manage the stress, so he doesn't manage the stress effectively. But also, if this was us and we looked at the situation, we would say, I'm stressed because of this medical practice that I'm in charge of. And we would say it as if we were just telling ourselves the news. We don't realize the impact of that thought. I just can't take the stress. And we know people or have seen people or who have, we have even been people who say, I can't take this. I can't take this. I can't take this. Right? That's familiar. Just me. When we think something like this, though, our brains, like this doctor's, our brains go in search of evidence that it's true. They're going to look for ways that he didn't show up in the way that he wants to with his patients, ways that his administration of the practice show that he's faltering. We don't want to be wrong about the things that we're thinking, even when what we're thinking isn't flattering to us. So we went through this model, and I wanted him to really spend some time recognizing what the thought, I can't take the stress, was creating for him. And that's because often we get it intellectually. We can see it on paper, but it takes a while for it to actually like seep into our bones and for us to really see that it is not the facts of the situation, but it is our thought about the facts, our perception, and the way we're interpreting those facts that are creating that result for us. And that takes some time to sit with. I'm not saying that's fun time. Often, once we can see what it's creating for us, we find ourselves believing it less. We can see how someone else might have a different perspective. And that perspective might actually be something that's available to us too it becomes a little easier to shake it loose, just to let it be there, to let it pop up in our brain, but to recognize that we don't have to act from it, to not allow that stuck feeling that the thought creates to get us to spin in indecision. It allows us a little more space to get ourselves moving in the direction that we want to. And he may decide, for example, that he can take the stress or that he can take the stress with help. He may open up to finding a solution about what to do with the stress. Or he may decide that he actually doesn't want to remain in the position with this level of stress anymore. Such small adjustments, but consider for a moment the difference that you feel if you think, I don't want to take on this stress versus 
I can't take this stress. One is you making a decision, perhaps even a declaration. The other creates that feeling of being a victim. I can't take this. All right. So you give these steps, these five steps a try and let me know how it works. And if you'd like some help with this, schedule a discovery call. You'll find a link at my website at stephanieleecoaching.com. All right. So let's spend just a minute recapping what we've talked about today. What we've talked about today is the fact that change begins first within us, that there are changes that we might want to see and experience in our lives, but that it's useful, it's helpful to first turn the lens on ourselves and see how we are creating what we're experiencing in our lives right now. And that really this is just simply about cleaning out the closet taking a look at what's in there, seeing what's useful, seeing what we want to take with us, and seeing what we want to send to the goodwill. So we're doing that, we're sifting through, and it's going to allow us to create a little bit of distance and get a little bit more space from what it is we might want to change. And this allows us to to really make a cleaner decision, to be able to make a decision about where to stay or to go, and to do so from a confident place. Whatever changes we make in our lives, we're gonna take ourselves with us wherever we go. So if you're unhappy in your current job and you want to find another job, it's so important to do this work, to sift through those thoughts that are in your mind about your current job and decide what is serving you and what, what you want to take forward with you into the new position. So go to stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 17 and find not only the show notes for this episode, but also a worksheet that's going to walk you through the process that we talked about above. That's stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 17. This link is going to be in the description of whatever app you're listening to or watching on. Thank you for sticking with me through the 17th episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player for our next episode. We're also over at YouTube in case you'd like video to go with your audio. Wherever you listen, please do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find the show. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.